Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. I'm C.S. Song, KPFA's associate theater critic, and my guest in studio is the actor Emily Jean Brown, who plays a key role, the role of a managing director of a private equity firm, in Dry Powder, a play by Sarah Burgess, now at Aurora Theater Company in Berkeley, through July 22nd. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the title of the play. So what is Dry Powder? So dry powder is a finance term that refers to basically capital that's being held by a private equity firm um, and that is that has not yet been allocated. So it's the money that has been invested by private investors or by limited partners to that private equity firm that will then be allocated for the purchase of various companies. And then I should mention also there's a another definition to the term dry powder. Originally, the term was used to refer to gunpowder that was being kept kind of in reserves, but it was meant to be kept dry or else it would or it couldn't get wet because then it wouldn't be able to be used in battle. So it's it's referring to both the gunpowder, but also the money that's being kept before it goes into battle, as it were. And so much of this play, dry powder, is about what this money, what this capital will be used for, right? Or whether it will be used at all. Exactly. So we have a certain amount of dry powder at our disposal to use as we will to purchase companies. Um, And so in the course of this play, we're looking at a luggage company and we have two partners, myself and Seth, who is the other partner of the firm. And we kind of approach the purchase of this luggage company from different perspectives on how to manage the company going forward. And uh, I think we've already gotten into this, but, but what is private equity? Like, what do private equity firms do? That's a great question. <laughs> so private equity firms basically they gather capital from private investors, from endowments, from individuals, from hedge funds and other other sources like that. Um, they they collect that capital and then they also have their own capital that they've accrued over the course of the, the firm's existence. And they put together all of that money in order to purchase companies or uh, organizations. And then basically they, uh, during the time that they, they make that purchase, they kind of rearrange the company in such a way that they are able to then sell the company again and get a return on that investment for both their firm and for those who have invested in their firm. And the debate in this play, and we don't want to give too much of the plot away here, but the debate is about what will be done with the company if purchased, the luggage company, before it is sold off, hopefully for a profit. Exactly. So Seth, who is sort of uh, the angel to my devil, as we've been describing uh, in many interviews, but <laughs> I, I could uh, I could perhaps argue with that. But <laughs> um, but uh, so Seth's perspective is he's sort of he's the people person, right? So he is the partner who is really great at going out and sourcing deals for the firm. So Seth has sort of formed this 
a bit of a bromance relationship with the CEO of this company, Landmark Luggage, which is a company that's been around for a long time. The owner is 79 years old and he's looking to retire and he's looking to give Jeff the reins on this company. So Jeff is looking for a buyout because the company needs a revamp. They're doing okay, but they're not really relevant anymore um, in the market. And so that's why he's interested in doing this deal with Seth. So Seth has a, an ideological plan with with Jeff about how they can do a growth play, which basically means they're going to sort of recharge the product um, and they're looking to go online and create a customizable suitcase product. And they think that this is going to really ramp up sales and that in this way, by sort of shifting the, the mission of the company, they can actually grow the company and increase the employment at the company. And so that's that's the plan that Seth comes to the table with. Now, the little twist with that is that during the time that this play takes place, this firm is under a lot of scrutiny because Rick, the CEO played by Aldo Billingsley, has just thrown a million dollar engagement party for himself, complete with an elephant. And this happened at the same time as the firm laid off a bunch of people in another company that they own. So there's kind of a press scandal going on. And Seth's argument is that this growth play at Landmark is going to bring them some great press and really going to help them with their public image. So that's kind of where his perspective comes in on that. And I'm curious why you said you would maybe contest this uh, characterization of Seth as the angel who is interested in growth and interested perhaps more than you in, in kind of the people and the employees of this luggage company. Uh, and you, who is countering with a very um, strong kind of... Um, metrics-oriented argument. And and I'm sure a number of people who uh, watch this play would think, well, you know, he's sort of more, more interested in human welfare. So uh, what argument might you make about your character and why she should be taken seriously even by people who really care about what's going to happen to you know, people or employees. Absolutely. So for me, playing Jenny has been incredibly rich. Of course, looking at the character on paper, this is a person who is numbers and data driven, metrics driven, as you said. She's incredibly smart. So she is a she is a math girl woman. And um, her approach is the public is going to have their opinion on us regardless, but we are here. This is our job, and our job is to get the highest possible return to our investors, our limited partners, or our LPs, as they're called in the play. And so her perspective is the best way that we can do this job is to find the plan that will get us the highest return. The, the angel and the devil thing, it definitely is a dynamic that's written into the play because Seth is sort of like... On the surface level, he seems like more of the humanist. You know, he's the people person. He's the one who goes out to the bars and kind of, you know, engages with with the CEOs or the people who they're looking to purchase from. And Jenny is the person who crunches the numbers all night long with her analysts, you know, and maybe keeps them there a little longer than <laughs> is healthy. Um, what is revealed over the course of the play, however, is that the world of high finance and specifically the world of KMM Capital Management, where we see these characters sort of play out their different perspectives on this deal, is a world in which the amount of money that's being moved around and the amount of money that's at stake is so off the charts for so many of us watching this play that it's sort of impossible for these characters to make decisions in a way that 
takes into consideration the everyday lives of the people that their choices are affecting. And so even for Seth, although he may seem to us a little bit more relatable on the surface level, and maybe maybe at the end of the play, people would come away feeling like they could still relate to him because he does grapple with the with the sort of morals and the ethics of this world. But in the end, he is still a part of the mechanism of this firm. And what I've come to discover about Jenny, despite her sort of lack of empathy or sort of people skills, you could say, she is extremely direct. And she comes in with her skill set and her understanding of how these numbers work. And she does not think about the people at this supermarket that have been laid off as sort of factors in her decision making. But she is very direct and she she really just sort of says it like it is. Her problem is that she doesn't have space in her awareness for how her decisions are affecting people in sort of a trickle-down way, whereas Seth is starting to have these questions. But what we find as the play goes on is that Seth is still influenced by the money and by his boss. Um, I don't want to give away the ending, but there's still, uh, at the end of the day, a question of, you know, what is your price? What are you willing to risk? Are you willing to put people over profit and I think the play asks us all, you know, what does this amount of money really do to our sense of ethics and our sense of morality? What do you think the playwright, Sarah Burgess, again, the play is Dry Powder. It's now at Aurora Theater Company in Berkeley. What's your sense of whether she takes sides in terms of the arguments presented in this play and the the kind of perspectives that do battle in this play. I read an interview with Sarah, and this is the first play of hers that was professionally produced, which is pretty incredible. Um, it was produced in 2016 at the Public Theater in New York. And what she said in that interview that I read was really that she was fascinated with this world and this sort of strata of human interaction that sort of exists so apart and so elite and so private and kind of controversial away from the sort of everyday mechanisms of, you know, the 99%, you could say. Um, and so she was really interested in researching this world and understanding the jargon and and using the jargon and the language. Um, it's a very language-driven play that feels a little bit dense, but is just very action-driven. Um in performance based on each of these characters' individual perspectives. But what Sarah had said was, I didn't come in here to sort of make a moral judgment on these characters. As a playwright, I just was really fascinated with what could play out in this space that so few of us have actually had access to. And so I think what she's done is really kind of put a what could be seen as a, as a very high stakes universal human drama that plays out in very darkly comedic and entertaining ways um, about ambition, about survival, about ethics and, and politics and, you know, how you are seen versus what you do in the world and kind of taken all these universal ideas that are very that are essential to the human condition no matter where they play out and put them on the on the stage of a private equity firm. So I think she's sort of asking the audience, what do you think about this as opposed to trying to put a moral judgment into her writing? And I think that's what's so strong about her writing is that the play is actually very nuanced. She doesn't hit the nail over the head and she doesn't bang you over the head with it. She really kind of lets you in and kind of gives you a window into this crazy environment that we don't usually get to see firsthand. 
Emily Jean Brown is one of the four actors in Dry Powder. It's a play written by Sarah Burgess, directed by Jennifer King, and it's at Aurora Theatre Company in Berkeley through July 22nd. For more information and for tickets, you can call 510-843-4822, 510-843-4822, or visit auroratheater.org. And we should say sometimes plays get extended, so you may want to check that website to make sure that July 22nd, when you listen to this podcast, is still the final date. So you mentioned that the play is comedic, and it is very funny. And I wonder, you know, where does—because we've been talking about pretty serious stuff here. Where do you think the source of this play's humor comes from? I think a lot of it comes from the severity of—from my my character, at least. I think she has—I mean, she has perspectives and viewpoints that, especially, you know, in Berkeley— with an audience from Berkeley, some of the things she says are just outrageous. Uh, when when Jeff comes in and talks about, um, you know, my my human resources director and I, we volunteer at a soup kitchen and we do volunteer Saturday and we all come together and and do this thing. And and Jenny is just she's not interested in anything that would detract her attention or her energy, her precious energy, which she really expends on her job away from from getting the, the best return. So I think some of that severity is what causes that humor. And then also, I would say the relationship between Seth and Jenny, which does kind of play out as this bickering sibling, almost sibling or ex-lover relationship between them, although they are work colleagues, they spend all of their time in this office together. So in a way, they they are family and they and Rick has hired each of them because of their opposing viewpoints and because of that that back and forth. And, and that's what helps him make decisions about what the best way to go for these deals is. So I think that Seth and Jenny, you know, they kind of get off on tearing each other down. And there is kind of a, a really vicious competition between them. But I think they also kind of enjoy that. And it brings a looseness and sort of a fluidity into the space that if they don't bicker, it's not there and they just would crumble from the tension. So I think that's how they dispel some of that tension. And I think that's where some of the comedy comes from for the audience as well. Yeah. And there's great chemistry between you and Seth. And chemistry on stage is usually brought up in relation to characters who, you know, really like each other or are falling in love or are in love. So, um, but chemistry can be and maybe needs to be something that people who have, you know, drastically diverging viewpoints um, have to have. Absolutely. And I think that's been one of the richest discoveries for me as Jenny is what are the roles that these two men, Rick, the CEO, and Seth, her, 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 really her counterpart. I mean, they've known each other since they were 20. They were summer analysts at Goldman Sachs together. So they have a long history. And then they were eventually hired by Rick to come and start this firm. And so Seth, um, who's played by Jeremy Kahn, is the closest thing I have. I'm the only character in the play who doesn't have a romantic partner. And there are all kinds of ideas about why that might be. But I think as an artist, as an actor, figuring out, you know, love can be something that occurs in a romantic way. It can be something that occurs in a familial way or a friendly way. But I think, you know, always looking for where does that love exist? And maybe not love, but but need, 
(laughs) which underlies a lot of love or attraction, you know, why does she need Seth and why does he need her? And Mm. they do need each other in a professional way. That's that's how they function. They're part of this well-oiled machine. And so I think to find the pleasure even in those painful jabs is something that is is rich, is human and surprising probably for the audience. And that's what makes it a really fascinating relationship to see play out in this corporate setting. Was it fun? Is it fun to play someone who isn't, shall we say, you know, kind hearted and empathetic? It's very fun. It's very fun. I've had a few people ask me, well, how do you how do you justify, you know, playing someone like this? How do you how do you get behind, you know, the worldview of someone who's just so cold hearted or so one dimensional? That was one of the (laughs) one of the feedbacks that I got. And, you know, it's interesting because she can come off that way. And I understand that. But the wonderful thing about what we get to do as actors is, you know, we get to see the words on the page that, you know, a, a fantastic playwright like Sarah has given us, which is always a treat when we get a really rich play like this. But we get to take these words and and we get to, you know, get inside that person and experience her wins and her losses and her perspectives. And as a younger actor, I think I would have approached Jenny starting from where I am to try to justify her behavior and starting from my values, my politics, you know, what matters to me about human rights, about the problems that I have with capitalism and all of that. But instead of starting from that place, I really chose to trust the script and to start from there rather than trying to kind of make excuses for her. I just looked at what Sarah gave me on the page. And from that and through the rehearsal process, especially with Jeremy, who plays Seth, and and with Jennifer King, our wonderful director, we really found, you know, and through our dramaturgy as well, we found, you know, what is the lifestyle of someone who at, you know, 30, 31, 32 is a partner at a private equity firm of this caliber who, you know, went on a fast track to college, was a summer analyst at Goldman Sachs, immediately got into business school at Harvard and then got hired back to Goldman. And then a few years later, got sucked into this firm with Rick and Seth and, and kept working. So there was really no there was no pausing for her. This is a woman who I discovered through the process has always been validated for her intelligence, her achievements, and her academic and professional prowess. So these are the ways that she validates herself and that she feels her sense of purpose. And so that's fascinating to me because I am an empathetic person and I'm an artist. And so my life is very different than Jenny's. But I understand being an intelligent woman who's validated for my achievements. I was a talented child. I These are things that I can really uh, dig into. And so the little differences of, oh, she's good at math, not singing, or, oh, she it works in the corporate world instead of in the nonprofit or the arts world. You know, those are those are minor details. But the sort of the central human yearnings that we all have for success and for validation are there. And I get that. And I think that's where it becomes really rich and where we can start to look at these characters and these people and these stories and really start to ask questions about how people get wrapped up in a world like this, where they actually can function without that empathy and that wider awareness. And I think it's really important that we ask those questions. So if I were you, if I were in your position, I would be tempted to see 
Claire Danes, who played the character you played, uh, that you are playing in the 2016 production of Dry Powder at New York's Public Theater, to see how she did it and how she portrayed Jenny. Um, I don't know if there's a video of that production available, but were you tempted to check her out? And if so, did you check her out? And kind of what are the consequences for an actor in terms of seeing someone else play that character, the same character? Yeah, I think um, my initial thought was I, I was curious and, you know, I am familiar with her work in film and TV, of course. So, you know, I when I first got the role, I would tell people, oh, I'm, I'm playing the Claire Danes role, you know. Um, so I had a sense of what her acting style is as I approached this. But I think I don't know if there's a video. I haven't if there is, I haven't seen it. But, you know, I think for me creatively my in my best interest is to try to set that aside at, at least in the beginning stages of approaching a character and really um try to just as i said just sort of take it in non-judgmentally from the page and try not to be too influenced by previous performances or interpretations i did read the reviews um i did read the reviews of the new york production and yeah, that was interesting. Um, but it's, you know, you have to be careful with how much you take in at the very beginning because you want to really be involved in your process, your individual process and your collaboration with the people that are in the room with you. So you were saying earlier about kind of learning maybe not to carry judgments of your character into the production and just to try and inhabit Jenny as you found her on the page. Um, as a young actor, you know, I think you... Uh, graduated from the MFA program at American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco just last year, right? Um, is there something else that you kind of learned about acting and the art of acting and the craft of acting from this particular production with this group of people? This has been the first opportunity that I've had to do a play since I graduated from ACT's MFA program. So I think what's been really exciting for me is seeing all the ways that my training has really informed my artistic approach, has informed my artistic, uh, my aesthetic and my values sort of as a as a creative. You know, acting is such an interesting art form because our medium is our being. It's our body. It's our voice. It's a human being inhabiting another human being or blending with another human being or you know portraying another human being and so figuring out how much of myself to bring into a character like this or to trust that the casting was done properly by these people and and as soon as I read the character and started to understand her I was able to identify oh this is why they cast me in this role right I'm very different as a person from this person, but there are things about her that I just naturally, without even trying, bring into a room as Emily. And so figuring out, well, where do I need to just trust that I have this as part of who I am? I don't have to push for those things. And then where do I have to find the things that we layer on through my physical training, through my breath training, you know, I, when I come into a room, I'm I'm grounded. People feel like, 
you know, even when I'm feeling nervous or, or shaky, people tend to give me the feedback that I seem grounded and I seem, you know, so I have I'm, I'm a rooted presence. So I have that. I'm also I the way that I speak, I think I look kind of like a young ingenue and then I open my mouth and people are like, oh, this is an intelligent woman. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. something that Jenny also has. Right. But then the wonderful thing about the process is Jennifer allowed I told her, I said, you know, this is a very severe character. And I know that in some of the reviews, she she was very icy in that original production. She was kind of like very uh, severe and almost robotic. And so I told Jennifer for my process, I think it would be useful for me to get the opportunity to go through the play on both extremes to like go through it one time just as a total robot ice queen and then go through it another time with just the ability to to cry or scream or just be emotionally out of control in a way that Jenny would probably never be within the world that Sarah has set up for us. So Jennifer really gave me the opportunity to like layer on those different things and we would toward the end of the process we would fine tune it and sort of dial up the the emotion and then dial it back and then maybe bring in a physical constriction and then loosen it up again. And so we kind of pushed it all over the Richter scale until we got to a place where we felt like this is both me bringing Emily to the role, but it's also the craft that we've found together um, in rehearsal. And I think the ability to ask that of my director and to know that that's what I need in my process is something that I absolutely um that I, I think something that I gained during my time at ACT and that now through this process has been solidified and sort of validated for me creatively. During a significant part of this play, you're trying to persuade your boss of something. You speak pretty persuasively, which makes me wonder if you've ever been on a debate team or something like that, or uh, whether you've learned certain things about persuasive speaking. I've never been on a, on a debate team. But I do have pretty strong personal opinions. <laughs> I've always been a, a pretty opinionated person. Um, but I think I think that the clarity of the argument and the directness of the argument comes from the writing and comes from my understanding of how argument and rhetoric works to create dramatic tension. Yeah, if you have a strong opinion, and you certainly do, and Seth has a strong opinion that the clashing of those opinions can create sparks. Absolutely. Emily Jean Brown, she is an actor and she plays the role of Jenny in the current Aurora Theatre Company production of Dry Powder. It's by Sarah Burgess. Jennifer King is the director. And for more information about this production at Aurora Theatre Company in Berkeley, you can go to auroratheater.org or you can call 510-843-4822, 510-843-4822. Emily, I enjoyed the performance. I enjoyed your performance. Best wishes for the rest of the run, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, CS. Um, and I'd also just like to add that for students in the Bay Area, if you are a full-time student with ID, you can get $15 tickets for this production. If you are 35 and under, you are able to get half price tickets for this production. And I just want to encourage young people in the Bay Area, if you aren't 
normally a theater goer or you don't see theater as sort of a usual rotation on your social calendar, a $15 ticket is is less than a ticket for a concert. And it's really a great way to engage with your community, to be in a room together with other people. And um, it's a really great experience to go and see a story that you might not see in another way. Um, bring a group of friends, go out for a drink afterwards, and have a conversation about what you've seen. And I think you'll have a really great time with us at Aurora. Also, I just want to mention that the auroratheater.org website is spelled with an R-E for theater. Thanks for adding that. And I am C.S. Song on Bay Area Theater for KPFA. <laughs> 